Combo Nation, we're here, man. We're in episode mode. Combo Nation, what up, what up, what up, everyone? Welcome to episode 255 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. I'll say it again. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you tune into Combo's Court, man. Also, man, tell a friend to tell a friend about Combo's Court Podcast. Today's show, Coach Mosley, head coach of East LA College, joins in to talk about the Netflix docuseries, Last Chance You, that Coach Mosley and his team was featured in. Fantastic docuseries. You should really go check that out if you haven't already. Can't wait for you all to hear this one. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Mosley, head coach of East LA College. You might have caught him on on the Netflix docuseries, Last Chance You. Uh, welcome to Combo's Court. How are you feeling, man? Man, I'm doing all right. Uh, it's just been busy trying to connect with everybody who's reached out, man. Um, the support for it has been great. I never thought it'd be this response. It's like all over the world. So it's what I've been doing, man. We're still kind of in pandemic mode here in Southern California. So uh, Most definitely. I, I'm still in front of a computer, so this gives me free time to chat with you. I, yeah, I think we're all still in pandemic mode somewhat, but you know, it's interesting. Um, obviously, what you do for the kids is bigger than basketball, but I just love how Juco basketball was spotlighted because I think it's often underappreciated. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm telling, uh, there's the NCAA. You got the, the four-year schools, and of course, what's important to them is, you know, uh, there's a marketing opportunity for them. They have television. They have all that. So everybody's paying attention to them. But then you have <clears throat> the high schools where the kids are trying to play and compete. And you have all the parents around the country rallying. We got this thing out here. Let them play California, you know, that this yeah. big campaign. Yeah. And so they're rallying around these young people. But then there's the community colleges nobody's talking about. You know, not, a, not just during this pandemic time, but we're talking about uh, outside of the pandemic time. So, you know, hats off to Last Chance U for uh, just finding a market where they can go in and, and target something that's not getting a lot of shine because nobody's talking about the California community colleges or community colleges in general. And rare do you hear any, uh, some type of, some level of national media, uh, you know, conversation about them. Yeah, it's interesting. And California JUCO, and this wasn't even really talked about on the show it's its own thing. Like it's not part of the NJCAA. Is the NJCAA something that you would like to see California basketball become a part of? So maybe your kids could get, I mean, you do a great job. A lot of your kids, you know, even you said it over 90% of your kids end up playing at four years, but maybe some different opportunities could come about if you actually played, you know, at Hutch, you know? Yeah. Well, the, uh, it's a, it's a catch 22 because we have so many community colleges here in California. Um, and then our, our, a lot of our schools, they don't have dorms or not even set up for, or, for dorms. Um, I, I think in California, they're called community colleges versus junior colleges. 
gotcha. uh, being that the school is for the community and everything uh, essentially, I think, you know, in the early times is supposed to be local. Um, so I think that's the case. Would I love to be a part of the NJCAA? Absolutely. And I think some of us coaches are advocating right now wow. to try to maybe be a part of some league where we can establish scholarships and travel. Uh, now, of course, I, I think what would happen is they'll see what the budget looks like with that. And then we already are having trouble keeping our budget. So uh, that's another level of a budget when you talk about travel, uh, when you talk about scholarships. Uh, and, and that's just something that, that, that we're advocating for. Hey, let's be a part of another organization. Um, and I think some of our talent, because of the NJCA, sometimes they step outside of California and want to play uh, at the national junior colleges, but there's a handful of us out here that, that are competing. I thought our team this year could have easily been in the top 15 of some of the national junior college programs. It's not always that way. You know, the stars are lined up, man, uh, Drew, everything just aligned. We were like, it's like the best team I've ever had. It was a team that probably could have competed at the national junior college stage. You know, we had the cameras on us. We were all <laughs> the way to the national, to the state championship. So, uh, God had his hand on the program that everything aligned this year. That it was a great, it was a great uh, viewing. It's interesting. Everybody may not know that these kids did not realize that they were going to be a part of last chance. You coming in, um, you know, how did this documentary docu-series come together? And did you feel like it could be a distraction with the cameras? Well, you know what? None of the young men that were there. So, uh, you know, a lot of people, well, you got those guys because they knew you were going to be on last chance. You, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Coach Ken Hunter is a phenomenal recruiter. Myself, uh, I've had experience recruiting for 20 years and have right. a lot of relationships. So they were all there because of, uh, you know, we recruited them. They had no idea until the first day when they came. You know, I kind of warned them the day before that they were coming with cameras. But how it came about was it was a cold call. And uh, originally I was like, I'm not doing that. You know, I, I watched some of the other shows and I said, number one, I can't be as entertaining as those guys. They had a way of coaching that kind of captured the camera. And I said, yeah, I don't know if I can do that. And I don't know if that's what, you know, the public would like to see. They probably want to see something a little, you know, more entertaining. My athletic director says, I asked him what he thought of, what he thought of it. And this is, I was nowhere near trying to do something like that. He said, what? Last chance you, you got to do it, man. Um, because he was a football coach and he's watched the shows previously. Well, when we committed to it and we were all in it, he said, man, I wouldn't have never done that. And so I was like, man, <laughs> you know, uh, but, right. but, the, but the, the deciding factor, I was with a, buddy, a friend of mine who actually coaches California junior college. And I, I mentioned it to him. He said, look, man, it's a lot of people will tell you won't do it and, and hate on you for it. But look, you need to do it because, uh what you're doing this is a great platform for you and for the future and he said that's awesome you'll I said, you know I'm, I'm sitting here worrying about what could happen and he said nah man you don't have to worry about any of that so I'm, I'm there I was actually in Dallas at a showcase um we were at Mullen showcase our young men were there playing we had a couple guys a couple players from our team there playing we're there to support them and then I said you know what let me step outside and I call my pastor and I'm assuming he's gonna say I said, you know what, I need to, I, I had a decision to make. I think I had like a week before I had to decide if that's what, if I wanted to do it. And I'm sitting there like asking him, thinking like, oh, he's definitely going to say no. Like, nah, you know, here in the church, we want to make sure we serve and, you know, we want to stay humble. We don't want to be in front of those cameras. And 
And he's to my surprise, he immediately was like, no, you have to do it because that's just an opportunity for you to, you know, minister, whatever your, you know, your faith is, you can share it. And, uh, and I was concerned. I said, well, I'll be kind of concerned about, you know, whatever I do something wrong and I get fired, the whole world can see it. Um, he said, well, you're not. He said, the way you live your life, um, you won't get fired. And, 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 you know, God has predestined you according to scripture, you know, we believers and he's predestined as he has a, a, an expected end for my life. And so I just, I just went with that. And, and he said, if the door closes here, uh, then he'll open the door somewhere else. So that's kind of how it came about. As you know, coach, uh, at the JUCO level, it's all about getting to the four year, getting to the next level. <clears throat> how do you manage team goals with the individual goals? Well, you know what, you know, I, I believe just sell any kids, you got to start with the individual goals and, uh, and then you, you got to make them believe that the, the four-year level, you have that carrot and you have to start with those goals and help them to realize, look, if you want to meet those goals, we got to come together and do it as a team. We got to, yeah. we got to, you have to accomplish team goals. Okay. Um, and to, to accomplish those team goals, it allows us to get to that, that next platform, which gives everybody more opportunities. Uh, there's not many coaches. If you say you're, you know, one in, in 29 that are going to say, that's the player I want from that team. Right. They're looking but, for winning that, players for sure. Yeah. They're looking yeah, for yeah. winning players. Uh, I mean, there's almost anybody you look at who's scoring a reasonable amount of points is, is, is talented enough. But then what you want to add is the winning culture. It, when, when you're in the heat of it and when you're, backs against the wall, which young man understands what it takes to win, to go pursue a rebound, to get a key box out, to uh, get a key stop. And, and a lot of that comes from a winning culture. Not that they can't get it from anywhere else, but when you're, you know, like us, we're 29 and one, we had some close games. The guys understood, okay, you know, we got to get a key stop here. And uh, by any means necessary, they would get it done. And that's what coaches are looking for. So, uh, at the end of the day, winning is going to be uh, – it's going to weigh heavy on whether a, a four-year university, you know, wants to recruit you or not. And so I think that's important. And I don't I, – you know, everybody says, we don't want to focus on winning. We just work hard and it'll winning will take you <laughs> – Me, man, I'm like, nah. Every day I'm texting the guys out, winning is essential. You have to win because <clears throat> it's not just winning on the court. We're talking about winning in life, man. When you walk – to school, winning by getting up and getting here on time is that's that's a win. You got to win yourself, win your win the response that you make throughout the day. When uh, when you engage faculty, staff on your campus, you got to win that. Uh, when you go to the grocery market, somebody gives you an ugly look because you're wearing a hoodie. You got to win that that disposition right there. You got to win, and 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 then what that does is not only does that carry to the next program. And you get recruited, but now it carries on in life that um, we understand that we have to do, uh, we have to not procrastinate. We have to have a positive attitude with any adversity that we approach. And, and that's, that's, that's a part of setting them up for success for life. Most definitely. You know, the theme of this conversation has been getting to the next level. And, uh, you know, I watched the docuseries. It's amazing. Hope everybody goes watch it, goes and watches it. But Joe comes to mind with this one. How do you navigate you know, giving kids chances, but then letting them know this might not fly at the next level, what you're doing right now. Yeah. 
you know what? I give them an opportunity to show them that there is a level of compassion, that there is, you do have support and I'm not going to give up on you. All right. Yeah. But in the midst of this, while you're, you're, you're responding poorly and you're kind of giving up your, on yourself and you see me surrounding you with love and I'm not giving up on you. You have to realize, look, there are people out there that's not going to give up on you. There are people out there that's going to support you, but look at yourself. So a lot of times I was take a step back and allow uh, the young men. Fortunately, we had enough good players where I can uh, take a young man and sit him to the side, let him have a poor response, let him have a poor performance. And then he can take a look and say, you know what? I'm probably being selfish. You know what? I'm probably not uh, engaged with the team as I should, as I should be. You know what? That's a poor response to coach because we're having success. And so when you take a look, that, that's one thing about winning and having success. That's why I think it's important to win as well so that you can have teaching moments as well. You know, if you're not winning and you're, and I'm relying, well, I can't have success unless Joe is on the floor. Now it's hard to teach him lessons. So it wasn't just the fact that Coach Mosley is this great, you know, lesson giver. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, right, right. But having a player like Joe Hampton, um, you have to have some, somebody has to keep him accountable. And when I have yeah. Malik Muhammad, when I have Marquise Copeland, and KJ Allen, who was our leading scorer, when you have those guys, now I can say, well, Joe, you know what, Joe, I don't, I don't have to tolerate it at that moment. Why don't you take a seat and why don't you take a look and, and take a look and see we're having success, we're having fun, and look at your response because of a, of a whistle, because the official blew a whistle, or because uh, Coach Mosley sat you and you really not understanding why I sat you. Maybe it was because I see – you got a conditioning issue, or maybe it's because the the, the pace of the game. And, you know, he mentioned transition. Maybe it's because you, you don't get back and transition defense and stop the ball like you need to. So, um, you know, check the response. And that's that's the beauty of having a good team, a, a, a team full of talent. And so I always tell coaches, at first I used to be like, no, nah, I don't want too much. I just need three guys that, that can carry us and then surround them with with those pieces, uh, you know, that lock into their role. Well, you know what? I found that I, it, it's a little bit easier to coach. It's, it, sometimes it gets hard to manage the personalities. Yeah. It's a little yeah. bit easier to coach. <clears throat> Any coach in the country will tell you, I'd rather have more talent than less. And, and yeah, guys are fighting. It's, well, but still, you can hold guys accountable. And now this guy like Joe Hampton, who's a four-star, now he's sitting back like, man, they don't need me. Um, and then it gives him an opportunity to learn too. So that was the best thing that happened. If Joe goes to a team where he was the leading scorer for this moment, like he can go anywhere now and be the leading scorer. But in this time in his life, Joe needed that accountability by having a KJ Allen who, you know, took over if, if he decided he wouldn't, didn't want to be a part or Malik Muhammad or Marquise Copeland and other guys. I had Jay Davis, who we didn't see much of Michael McLaurin and, there's so many guys that we had that can hold them accountable. And so I think that that's important too. You got to have the level of accountability if you're trying to balance team um, and keep a level of competition and, and just let them know that ultimately you're going to have to come together if, if you guys want to all meet your, your goals. Yeah. I think at the Juco level, like a lot of people, a lot of the kids come in with expectations because for some of them, especially if they're transferring down from a D one that, you know, I'm taking a step down, so I'll be able to average 30 right away. And, you know, you know, Joe coming from Oak Hill, 
And then it's like a realization that, you know, this is not always the case. You have to be coached and you have to, you know, do the right thing. Yeah. That's one of my, hey, let me tell you something. That's one of my favorite uh, things is when they walk through the door in (laughs) August and September, I just sit back. And number one, I sit back and I say, okay, we're going to, I love anybody who walks into the gym. I love to just say, our, our motto or our philosophy is we, you get popped in the mouth, you know, <laughs> not literally, but fig- figuratively, you get popped in the mouth. And the first day you walk out, <clears throat> you know, with a bloody nose or, bl- or a bloody lip. Right. <clears throat> and that's the mentality. Like, <clears throat> now you either accept that and say, oh, give me some stitches and I'm going right back out there. Or you say, dude, these dudes are, are weird, man. Don't you know who I am? And you guys bust my lip and then you walk right back out the door. So I absolutely love that when they walk in with that swag and, and you got to have that swag if you're going to be a great player. So number one, how we, how we kind of fix that is number one, we got good players. Um, That's number one. And so they're going against other good players and they either going to say, man, this is what I want competition. Or they're going to say, I'm not as good as I thought I was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're going to say, I'm not as good as I thought I was. And now that helps us bring it down a little bit. And more often than not, they all walk in they realize they're not as good as they thought they were because of the level of expectation that we play at and we try to play at and we try to put on them. Next, uh, how we bring those young men down a little bit is we challenge them with some stuff that that they never experienced. And um, I've learned some great stuff from some mentors, man. My mentors taught me a lot. And there's some challenges that we have in our program in terms of how we prepare that these young men have never felt. Um, And most of them say, coach, this is the best shape I've been in in my life. So now we're challenging them to be in the best shape they've been in their lives. And I'm not talking about just go outside on the track. I'm tra- talking about implementing our conditioning through the basketball style. You know, everything we do is conditioning. We barely are outside on the track. You know, everybody's like, oh, hell week. No, hell week. Hell week is when practice starts. You know, a lot of people. Every day. Have every practice. day. Yeah. yeah, it's every day. Yeah. They have this hell week, you know, and then all of a sudden, practice starts and everything gets soft again. You know, it's just like, we're afraid to hurt them or we're afraid they're going to get injured. It's like, nah, man, we have a have to have a culture of where we just pound and hit. So that's something that I think that um, I've, I've done a good job and had a skill set for. I've learned from some great coaches how to keep the level of, of you come in my practices, like some of these grimy programs that you see that are just, you know, your Texas Techs that's just banging or, I love how Houston is just – I saw some uh, some footage of Houston doing rebound drills, and that's just like a mirror of us, man. University of Houston with Kelvin Sampson. Guys are diving, and this literally looks like a fight. It doesn't look like a rebound drill. So that's the level of, uh, of, of performance that we put on these guys who come in with this uh, super – super, super, uh, this, this attitude of they're better than, you know, than everybody else, you know. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel – do you feel the docu series well represented the season? It did. It was it was awesome. Uh, that's us. And a lot of people ask some of our young men, like, "Hey, is it really like that? Is Coach really like that?" It is because there's a level of intensity and there's a demand that I, I that I require at a, at the highest level. And I tell everyone, young man that walks through the door, I say, "Bro, I'm gonna tell you something. This is gonna be the hardest ever for you." And they're like, "Yeah, Coach, I'm ready. Coach, let's go." And I'm like, you don't understand. I'm talking about demanding from on off the court. I demand you to be 
a citizen around campus and be respectable. That that's hard in itself. I demand you to be there on time. I demand academics. We were over a 3.0 GPA. Everybody's going to graduate. You don't understand the demand that you're up against. You you really don't understand the demand that you're up against, and it's super it's super duper hard. And the expectations is the, is, is at the highest level. And so, um, at the JUCO level, man, um, we we let these you know. The, the assumption is that it may be a little bit easier or they're taking basket weaving and, you know, they're taking classes that won't transfer or translate. Right, to the right, next right. And like, no, man, this is, we're going to the highest uh, level and I'm going to put as much adversity on you academically and as a basketball player to help better prepare you for the next level. What was the feedback? Cause I didn't think you were like, obviously you were tough on the kids, but I didn't think it was anything excessive. I mean, um, you're a little bit older than me, coach, but even when I was young, man, I had some like out there coaches that were really, who it, it was harsh, man. It was like the things that they would say were pretty crazy. I thought you were, I don't want to say nice. You were tough on them, but it wasn't anything too crazy to me, you know? Yeah. I'm going to be super hard, but I'm going to be respectful. I'm not going right. to demean you or anything like that. So I'm going to come at you really hard. And the response has been phenomenal with yeah. how we approach these young men. And, as it should be. As it should yeah, be. Yeah. And yeah. I and I, I thought that was great. You know, I actually thought in light of how we're going, you know, our society right now, unfortunately, is so sensitive. We're sensitive to everything. You kind of got to yeah. watch everything. So when we were doing the docuseries, I was okay. I was like, yeah, I was in their face and whatever. You know, and like you said, I don't swear or anything like that. Yeah. But then after this whole, you know, everybody's so sensitive about how we talk to each other and all that. I said, man, are they going to think I'm too hard on these African-American boys? You know, everything is so sensitive. Like we got to be sensitive and we got to let's talk with peace and joy. And it's like, you know what? There's an urgency that's in me that has to get across to those young men. And that's all I was trying to do was trying to get this urgency uh, across. And it's been well received that, you know, it was tough love. It was tough love that wasn't demeaning, and that part of it has been deceived. But I'm going to be hard on you. But I think what, what happens is the guys understand that I truly care and I love them, and we have great relationships. So I can come at you, and I'm going to give you a hug one day, and tomorrow I'm going to tell you to get online and run because I don't like your response, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. I wanted to shift to Deshaun. Um, I thought it was interesting. You know, he was a walk-on originally, and obviously he's been through so much, right? Mm-hmm. but were there labels on Deshaun because he was a walk-on previously and maybe college coaches be like, is this a scholarship kid or not? Because you know how it is. Like when one conference offers a scholarship to a kid, it's kind of like a copycat thing. We all offer. So we look at this kid like a walk-on, maybe he's just a walk-on kid. And obviously, you know, he even talked about that. He lacked positional size and all that. Was it difficult mm-hmm. getting him that D one scholarship that he was looking for? You know what? He did a good job in, and, I think we've built a reputation here that, that if we, we, we tell a coach, this would be a good fit for you. Um, it would be, if, yeah. if, if I didn't advocate for Deshaun and really push and re- push the message of the type of competitor and all those different things he was, then, then yeah, in, in regards to uh, the level of player he was, he was on the fence of being a, you know, mid-major, low-major. And then when you get into that mid, that under the mid-major level, low-major level, then everybody's like, well, I want the high major guy. Right. You know, they're, they're all trying to recruit up for sure. Yeah. Everybody yeah. wants to recruit up. So as I'm, as I'm sincerely being honest, like I could have said Deshaun's a mid-major player, but I was honest. I said, he's in between mid and low major. And so when coaches hear that, they automatically say, well, he must be a 
Division two level player or, you know, our Division three level player just because I said he's low major. They're going to go know? one down from what the coach says. Yeah, exactly. They, Cause say, they know. Well, I mean, because they, they look at JUCO coaches like promoters, not saying mm-hmm. you are, but that's how they look at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I try to be sincere. And I, and I tell the coach right off the bat, I said, coach, look, I'm going to tell you the truth. This is his level. I'm not, I'm not selling him down or selling him up. This is his level. And I think we built a reputation to where they trust what we're saying because we're getting our guys graduated. Our guys are doing well when they play at the next level. It doesn't mean points. It means they're overall holistically, they do well at the next level. They finish, they graduate and they help the team. Um, so there was a level of trust, but yeah, you're right. Uh, he was at uh, UTEP and he actually earned a, a, a scholarship. That was crazy. Cra- I mean, know. I heard a lot of bad basketball stories, and that was pretty yeah. tough, man. But Tim tough. Floyd and his crew said, yeah. hey, we got you coming back. And then uh, when they decided to go a different direction with coaching, uh, and rightfully so, I mean, the coach, the new coach coming in, the assumption is, like you said, a walk-on is probably not going to be the guy that takes you to the NCAA tournament when you, you know, but – I don't think they knew or understood the value that Sean brought. Like he is right. absolutely fearless. And the reason why they kept him at UTEP is because he was the best on ball defender. He was the toughest as nails guy and he can knock down a three. I mean, how many people don't need an on ball, on ball defender and a guy who shoots at a decent clip from the three point line. Right. Right. And the assumption was without even seeing him play that, Hey, let me just go clean slate and let me start with my guys and my coach, which every coach has the right to do. And to be honest, I might do the same thing. I might say, you know, just so I can have enough roster space, let me clear anything that doesn't stand out as being a, a, a program changer, you know, and sometimes a walk-on is not looked at as a program changer. But we know as coaches that we've seen walk-ons that have been program changers because of their inspiration and their performance. They do winning things. And in order to make a walk, get a walk-on spot, you have to do winning things. It means maybe you're a little less, athletically or skilled or whatever. So you have to do winning things. And so Deshaun did those things, but he moved on. But I was able to sell that because he performed for me. And I say basketball reveals. I know who he is as a person, and I know he's going to help somebody win. And so, uh, yeah, uh, and and I think Sacramento State was one of the first offers. And I said, man, I know Coach Katz. I said, "That's, that's a great fit to just take it. Because the pandemic, we're sitting at home. He said, what about a visit, coach? I said, look, man, nobody's going to get a visit. Just right, take right. It. And so he took it. And, and then, of course, once he decides to commit, you know, now everybody else is calling in the same car. Hey, I th- that, that's what and, I just said. Know, that's, you know. I'm just like, hey, is Deshaun fully, fully committed? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> man. Hey, I told you about him two months ago. Yes, he's committed, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, would you like to see something? I mean, I'm thinking about like KJ and Joe. Do you think these guys have a good chance to play after? Whether it be overseas or Joe, Joe is gonna make money. Yeah, Malik Muhammad is gonna make money. KJ is close in terms of making an NBA roster because his ability and his willingness to do things that it takes to win. You, a lot of us didn't see his attributes in the show. We saw a lot of Joe and Deshaun's personality, but KJ led us in scoring. You know, KJ averaged nineteen. And I saw, I saw it, Coach. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was rightfully so because I think. For bigger personalities, it it just it yeah. helped the show. So Joe was there and and Sean, but KJ has a chance. He's right on there, and the reason being is because he's a great, he's a phenomenal human being in terms of he's going to show up every day and do everything you ask him to do. Um, 
offensively he can score with with whoever. And I I, I believe you know I'm, I mean I wouldn't quote don't quote me on this, but I think the selling factor was as you look at USC, KJ played with those guys, Evan Mobley, Isaiah Mobley, and you know Ethan um, Anderson. That's on USC squad, and those guys I believe went in there and said, hey coach, you need to are we recruiting KJ? We need to get him. Because KJ had his had his way a little bit with those guys, and they played on the same team together in club ball, uh, you know, for a moment. Uh, but when he was playing with Team Elite, he played against Compton Magic, and he kind of, uh, you know, he had some moments with him where they were like, "Man, this dude is this six seven six six dude is 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 having his way with seven footers," you know. And then and then so he plays with the Compton Magic a little bit, and he run, you know, does does a little bit with them, with tours with them. And so, you know, KJ uh, has played against the, the highest level guys right. and has had his way. So he's had a chance. But uh, those guys got a chance to make money. Malik Muhammad, he's got a chance to make money. He's a little bit behind, a little raw offensively. To, and he's too – he's not as big. You know, if he was if he was six six eleven doing what he does, he'd have a chance for the NBA block shots. And, but at 6'9", you know, everybody's a guard now in the NBA at 6'9". So, yeah, um, but he's definitely going to make money. You know, he can make six figures overseas because he's just dunk, rebound blocks. Defender is the highest level of defender. And uh, Joe is actually – he's your he's your European pro because he's so skilled. So skilled, 100%. So skilled. He can 100%. pass, shoot, everything. And the thing about Joe, he is the most – so I tell people the reason why he survived, he's the most unselfish person. And everybody loved him on the team. When Joe – when they showed that moment when he said, hey, you don't want me to get turned up, Joe started diamond balls off, and he's so passing and handling it. He was my favorite forward to initiate offense through because he can pass and he can do – you know, he can play the two-man game phenomenal because he didn't have to just hand it to guards. He can, you know, ISO. and In the post, he can pass well out of the post. He was phenomenal, man. He's going to make – he's, he's, he's going to play 15 years, like somewhere – you know, not even jumping two inches off the ground. He's like Zach Randolph, but more skilled on the perimeter. You know? For sure. Super skilled. It was it was funny when he, went, when he went up for that dunk in the movie. He almost got there. He almost got there. Yeah, we were – well, think about it. He blew out – Yeah. He blew out two knees. So, he, he so how had, was So, how was that looking before those knee injuries with that skill level and the athleticism still there? It was. Like, it was there. And that's why you saw he had his way when he was at Oak Hill – and right. he did well, and he got to Penn State. Well, he blew his knee out, and he had even – I think he had more opportunities, uh, you know, that you would expect from a five-star. But when he blew his knee out, now he lost the the schools that are, you know, the the, the superpowers like the, yeah. the, the, the Kentuckys or whatever. Now it drops to still power five, but power fives that are trying to, you know, get back up there. And that's where Penn State happens. Well, you know, now he goes to Penn State and he blows out the other knee. So that's two knees. And so since then, I think he just really learned how to play the, the game at a high level, at ground level. And he's never extended himself beyond that. And I think that's why he's kind of ground level now. He just, you know, it's kind of gets scary if you, you got two blown knees and, and you just don't extend yourself as much because you worry, you know, you, you, to trust it. Coach, you think recruiting will be more difficult now? Because you're going to have so much more to look through. Like, I'm sure there's so many players across the country or even across the world sending you their information. 
How yeah. is this going to look for you? Yeah, it's harder. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was, we had developed a nice little flow where we were, I mean, like the, the, the past year was an example where we, we brought in all these guys. I mean, KJ's the number one player in Southern California area and Joe is Oak Hill and Malik, you know, we had phenomenal play and LJ, the point guard was phenomenal. Yeah. They didn't feature him as much, but we have all these players. We're like the biggest team in California in terms of our size and athleticism. Right. And, and now we got to deal with, you know, we have that reputation of having those players in. And on top of that, now we got a whole influx of players that's just reaching out and to filter through all that, that makes it a little bit tougher. And to be able to trust, normally we were able to zero in a couple, you know, high level guys and, we could do research and, you know, we get a friend to say, hey, let us, what's the real deal on this young man? And they tell us, you know, the, the deal. They tell us, you know, uh, his attributes and they tell us the plus, the minuses, what baggage is he bringing? Now it's a lot to, you know, it's it's hard to believe, you know, it's hard to, to know if we can trust because everybody's going to try to sell a player to us. Before it was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to send my guy to East L.A. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We had to really sell them. Even though we were good, I don't know if I'm going to send my guy there. So that eliminated certain guys. So we just targeted guys where kind of in our circle we would get, but we still got great players. And so we was just in our circle with recruiting. But now we have all of these great coaches and all of the these great resources want to send players. You know, we weren't tapped into all of the great resources. We had one or two resources where we had go-to high-level players. Now we got, you know, 20, 30 um, places where we can tap into high-level resources, but that takes a lot of legwork to figure out what baggage do they bring, what do we have to do to get him to where they can transfer. And I want to bring young men in that, that you know, we know that, that, that we can get them through and be successful. Um, otherwise, we have to may, maybe lead them to another direction. Um, you know, but if it's doable, we, you know, I don't mind the work as long as it's doable. We, we take them. Sometimes I tell young men, you know, it is probably best you go just go to a division two, you know, or take that opportunity. And we, we, we try to be truthful with it. So, but yeah, definitely you should see my direct messages. It's just, I wish I could respond to everybody and my emails are thousands. So I wish I could respond to everybody. I'm actually, I kind of skim through them and read through them at night, but, um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit more difficult. Coach Mosley, do you feel like there's a chance that you would ever move on to the to a four-year level? I mean, well, I, I know, I know, I know you've been there before, but you know, yeah. Well, I tell people if if I can do what I'm doing here, what's important to me is is uh, that I take uh, you know the the mission. I tell people the mission or the message over over money. So I, I can't take money over over my mission. Um, and what I mean by that is if I can't do the same things in terms of impacting the lot, like really having the relationship, sometimes the, the, the coaches at the four-year level, you know, they do a great job and they do what I'm doing here. They, they're caring about young men. They're moving them on. They're helping them get graduated. They're teaching them life skills. So I don't want to take away from that. But when you have the added pressure that you have to win and you have to win at that level. Yeah. Sometimes it distracts you from if a young man, you're taking a look and you see the young man is having some issues and you don't have the patience for it because, you know, you're worried about your job, your livelihood, 
Yeah. We're worried about coaches' livelihoods and the young play, the players' livelihoods, and we're focused on, okay, are we winning so we can get that television contract so that we can secure another year contract? And sometimes that can be a distraction. And I don't want to ever be in that compromising position to where now all of a sudden I'm everything, the end all is to make sure we win first and then I can take care of it. And then now I can go home to my family after we win or let's win first. And now let me go take a look at these young men's lives uh, because it is absolutely important that you win at those, at the next level. That's why you're getting paid more. That's why you're, they hired you is because the expectations is that you win. And so my hat's off to these coaches to try to do all that holistically. They got to, they got to be, they got to do what I'm doing. Right. right. Impacting lives. And then on top of that, they, they have to win to, to save their livelihoods. And, and am I up for that? I'm not sure. I'm so invested in, and, and making sure that these young men, I don't want to lose sight of that where I can just pour all my energy into that. Um, and I, can I do it? Am I worried about losing or anything? I'm not, but I just don't want to lose, you know, my purpose. I don't want to lose that, lose focus on the purpose. And here I can do that. Um, they care about winning, but my job is not dependent on winning and losing. You know, I'm a faculty member now. I'm teaching. So um, that's where my salary comes from. And I get a stipend for coaching. So um, that that that's kind of if I, what I leave. They would have to pursue me. Someone would have to pursue me heavily. I'm not going to chase it. I'm not throwing my resume out anywhere. I'm completely fine here. My, my, my son, I was able to watch his game yesterday and, you know, that's awesome. Daughters are softball and, and yep. the other daughter is basketball. So they're at a young infinite stage, you know, you know, just starting high school. That's an important time. And so um, I'm not going to chase anything right now. And yeah, I do hear from, 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 from those. It has to make sense. Uh, it has to make sense. So uh, I'm, I'm the, the, you know, the money over the message is, it, money is not the most important thing to me. I think God will continue to provide for me if I, you know, if I continue to do what he called me to do and that's to, uh, to be a servant leader. Coach, great stuff, man. You're always welcome back on the show. The docuseries is amazing. What you're doing at East LA college is amazing. Um, if somebody wants to support the college or donate or anything, where could they go? Is there anything anybody could do to help the program? Yeah. So what's been good just so there's no confusion <laughs> You know, on a there's no confusion on our campus where where funds should be directed. If you contact our athletic department, which you can find on our website and and or myself, and uh, that you want to donate, uh, then we direct the we can direct you to absolutely where it needs to go. But if you go into my bio on um, you know on the, my social media, Instagram or Twitter. I have a link tree and now that's the new thing, right? The link tree in my bio. Um, you're organized, man. You're organized, coach. I, man, I, I had to figure it out quick. I got my wife and my, my sister-in-law and my kids had me figure out the social media. Hey, I wasn't on social media until a week before the show started. They say, you got to do it. Everybody's going to try to follow you. So I sent out my first tweet <laughs> like, like four weeks ago and started Instagram like three or four weeks ago. And so got a link tree inside of my bio. Um, so my Twitter is at John Mosley Jr. And, you know, a lot of times we confuse how to spell Mosley. So it's J-O-H-N, John, and then Mosley, M-O-S-L-E-Y-J-R. So John Mosley Jr. Okay. Um, that's my Twitter handle. And then once you look in there, you'll see a link tree right there. And it has a bunch of links. 
it has apparel that you can buy. It has, um, man, it has a link to, you know, the merchandise, a link to where we can fundraise, a link to some other things uh, where we can get involved. And I'll continue to add things. I, you know, website, everybody wants me to write a book now. So I'm like actively engaged in that. Um, Then we have uh, my Instagram page, which is Coach John Mosley. Yeah. And then underscore and then ELAC, E-L-A-C. So Coach John underscore ELAC. And that's my Instagram page. And who knows, there's kind of, there's a different, temperament on each of them you know (laughs) instagram's Instagram's a little bit friendlier i would say it's friendlier yeah Yeah. and then twitter is like all of this you know everybody's all serious you know oh man it's crazy so even buying a sweatshirt is support right yeah that sweatshirt that goes directly to our program great uh, t-shirt so you can buy all that you can find that in my bio um and you know they're pushing me i really didn't care about all this but they're pushing me because uh, there's several people saying, Mosley, you got some nuggets that people want to hear and they want to follow. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I guess I got this following. So, so a lot of things <laughs> that I'm passionate about that I share with the young men, I can share with others. And so we're, we're, we're actually going to have something here in a couple months, a book with okay. just a few nuggets, a few gems. Uh, we're going to have some, some conversations. I'm going to actually do a Q&A on Monday um which is the first time i'm gonna do an instagram on monday nice uh, instagram live on monday evening 6 p.m uh pacific time um and so i'll do that to to kind of do some q a a lot of people have been trying to get me to to uh you know do a q a and do sessions and so we got to start that process well, all while at the same time me still being a dad and being me being a husband and me coaching a team and uh and i still teach classes i'm teaching classes online so <laughs> Uh, keep my hands full, but, but yeah, I, I, I do feel a responsibility because man, as I'm looking and I, all those that listen, man, I'm listening to, I'm reading those emails. I'm reading, uh, you know, the responses that we're getting and my heart goes out to there's some, and I love the encouragement. I love the words of affirmation that I've gotten, but the ones that I feel burdened, I wish I could respond to everybody is when say, coach, can you help me with this or that? Or, you know, coach, my son is struggling. Can you talk to him? Um, you know, give them a, the pep talk you give those boys. And, and those are, those are where I'm burdened and I wish I can reach out to everybody. So I'm trying to create something where I yeah. can have a conversation and where everybody can hear and that consistent with, word of encouragement or mo- some, t- some level of motivation. With technology and social media, you can make that happen. I mean, you could reach a lot of people. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm just figuring it out. At first I was like, I didn't want any of it. I tease my guys on social media um, and all that. And I used to say, man, that, what are you guys doing? Get off the social media. Even with my kids, I used to say, um, you know, like, Hey, get off this, get off this. I, I got my daughters, my son, I leave his open. He's a little bit older. My daughters, I got their screen time set at 11 PM. Okay. And they're like, daddy, open my screen up, you know? So, uh, it's interesting. <laughs> but now I find myself, I'm sitting here on my phone like this. <laughs> You're doing I'm, the same I'm, thing. And now I actually, I kind of understand what happens because I'm trying to like people. I'm trying to do all that. You know, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. Coach, man, thank you so much for taking the time. You're always welcome back on the show. Good luck with your season next year and talk soon, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to episode 255 of Combos Court and big shouts to Coach Mosley for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, don't forget to rate, review, and if you haven't already, punch down on that subscribe button.
button. Also, if you have Instagram, take a screenshot of this episode. Post it on your IG stories. Tag me at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. I'll share it and be on the lookout for episode 256. Combo out.